0: Welcome to the Ortho Eval Pal podcast, where we can help you build confidence with your orthopedic evaluation and management skills. We hope you enjoy the show. And now, for your host, Paul Marquis.
1: Hello everyone, this is Paul from the Valpal podcast and we are on episode 135 today. We're going to be talking about soft tissue modalities and if there is still a place for them out in the world of, you know, physical therapy and any other types of treatment that you might do with your patients. Now, I'm going to try something a little bit different today. I'm going to go pretty much unscripted with this um, podcast today. I'm also going to try to talk a little bit slower because I have had people say, you know what, I would understand it a little bit better if you were just a little bit slower and uh I just don't want to burn through this one and talk about soft tissue modalities a little bit now just a little bit of history I used to teach uh, soft tissue modalities uh, and the application of soft tissue modalities to a, uh, an athletic training class at our local university, and really, really enjoyed that. It took a lot of preparation first year, but after that, it just seemed to come along you know, really nicely and worked out really well, and I really enjoyed doing that. And as a result of teaching and podcasting and preparing videos and doing all of the work that we do to help educate. Um, You really learn a lot in the process. So that is something that um, really helped me understand the physiology of modalities and how they work better and uh, when to use them and when not to use them. Um, I'm also going to talk, you know, a little bit about, you know, how we are not using modalities as much as we used to and, and why that is, and, uh, and a whole bunch more. But uh, before we continue on, I'd just like to uh, take a moment to hear a word from our sponsors.
0: A good night's sleep is what everybody needs. Fresh rest bedding will keep you comfortable all night. Our advanced textiles and weave wicks moisture and also regulates body temperature. This design, coupled with our all-natural organic antimicrobial, eliminates 99.9% of odor-causing bacteria, as well as dust mites, which are an allergen to many. Because our bedding stays fresh longer, it is eco-friendly, as it only requires washing once a month on average. This bedding is also known for its incredible softness. Our antimicrobial is all-natural and organic. No metals, waxes, chemicals, or natural our sheets will never leach onto or into your skin ever these sheets are safe for your entire family fresh rest is designed and engineered by Lee technology group based in wells maine and our sheets are made for the usa fresh rest bedding is only available for purchase through our e-commerce website by visiting freshrestbedding.com once again that's freshrestbedding.com
1: hello everyone and welcome back so as we talk about soft tissue modalities today, and, uh, you know, I, I, when I went to school, soft tissue modalities were huge. You did, a, did it a lot. When I got out of school, it's like we used them on almost every single patient who came through the door. Now it seems to be that there is a little less emphasis on soft tissue modalities, and I really think it has to do with, you know, the, the research associated with modalities and the research is really showing that there is you know less success using soft tissue modalities for certain types of problems and i think one of the one of the problems we see with the research is that they do these modalities single-handedly without a lot of other activity uh, going on. And what we need to remember is that you know, soft tissue modalities like ultrasound, electrical stimulation, iontophoresis, hot packs, cold packs, dry needling, I mean, the list goes on. These modalities... Are tools in your toolbox that you use, okay? They are an adjunct that helps you, you know, get from point A to point B. And I think that it's very important that you remember that. Now, the other problem with modalities is that there's much less reimbursement through insurance companies for the use of modalities, but I still use them. Um, I think that. There are certain people out there that will continue to do well with modalities. you know some people will come in after an ACL reconstruction and maybe they're three or four weeks out, they're feeling a little bit stiff and they're having a hard time fully extending that knee, maybe having a hard time you know getting that quad activated. You know, and through experience, we've, and I never did this when I was younger because I'm like, well, gee, there's some swelling in that knee, so I'm not going to put any heat on it because it's going to increase that swelling, which it really won't do. But, um, you know, I used to worry about things like that um, until my boss tore his ACL and he said that his knee would activate, move, and, and his range of motion was significantly better after he heated his knee. So we started doing it a little bit more with patients and come to find out we were getting a better response. You know, one of the things that happens when you use certain soft tissue modalities is is you can use them as a way to help, you know, decrease anxiety in your patient. Um obviously, you can help increase mobility and um decrease spasticity. There are a lot of um, you know, things you can do with modalities on a neural level that help the, you know, the patient relax a little bit more. It's important that you understand your modality, you understand if it's going to be effective for a patient, okay? You know, how do you maximize it? Like, I know there's a lot of research others saying that iontophoresis is not effective for certain diagnoses, and I can certainly see why. Um, You know, the iontophoresis isn't going to penetrate very deep, so doing iontophoresis on a periformis syndrome is not going to be very effective whatsoever, but if you have somebody with a D-curving stenosing tenosynovitis or an Achilles tendonitis, I find very good success with the modalities. Now, the other reason I continue to do modalities, even though we don't have great reimbursement, is because I've had some success with it. And the way I measure success is that if I've been doing something with a patient for a while, maybe treating an Achilles tendonitis uh, for a bit and they're not showing a significant amount of improvement. Maybe I add a modality like iontophoresis with dexamethasone sodium phosphate and they come in the next visit and say, you know what, I felt 25 to 50% better after that last visit and the only thing we did different was add a modality. Then I know that we have some effectiveness to that modality for that particular problem, and I may continue using it as a result. So it's important that you look at that, you know? Like, it's been well-documented that uh, thermal ultrasound can increase the temperature of soft tissue four degrees Celsius up to four centimeters deep. Now, that's pretty cool. And, um, I mean, warm, I should say, but cool. And um, what happens is, if if you do that ultrasound and you stop your ultrasound after seven to eight minutes, let's say, the temperature of that tissue will drop and drop back to its neutral number in about three minutes. So there's no sense doing ultrasound to a plantar fascia that you want to elongate and, uh, you know, then maybe going and doing the other foot with ultrasound and not do any stretching immediately. So what we will do is we will place patients in like a mechanical dorsiflexion stretching device like the Maxim dorsiflexion stretcher, or we might even manually stretch them into dorsiflexion, maybe extend that great toe at the same time while we are doing the ultrasound. So we're increasing the temperature of the tissue, which will help with increasing the elasticity. It gives them a little bit of relief. And um, you'll end up getting that effect from the stretch a little bit better. Okay. Or if you're ultrasounding a rotator cuff, let's say, you know, you've got a big deltoid to get through there. So kind of expose that rotator cuff a little bit, extend that shoulder and, and expose the greater tubercle a little bit more so that your ultrasound will be more effective. So make your modality as effective as possible for the problem that you are treating, um, so that you can get the optimal effect out of it. You know, really, When I look at using modalities, it's a way of getting from point A to point B, okay? Ultimately, I want all of my patients to have improvement in function, improvement in their ADLs, improvement in the ability to play games with their kids or go back out and play sports or get back to gainful employment. Um, So we need to ultimately push our patients functionally hard enough so that they can defeat gravity all day long and be stronger than the activities that they are doing all day long so that it is more effective, okay? So that they are stronger and they don't stress their bodies as hard, okay? But in order to do that, you can't leave a patient on a table for half an hour, 45 minutes, just doing soft tissue modalities with no exercises included. So I use modalities to help get from point A to point B, which is ultimate function and increased quality of life now if it helps to decrease pain and all of that other stuff along the way bonus okay that's icing on the cake but really that's what we're looking for is how do we get to a fully functional patient um, at the end of your treatment session so what I want you to do is I want you to think the next time you're working with a patient how can I use a modality to help get them from point a to point b and how can I make that modality absolutely more effective. Okay, so there's nothing wrong with breaking out some, you know, the book or or go to PubMed and uh, look on PubMed uh, and see what they have for research out there regarding the effectiveness of certain treatments for um, certain problems. And, um, you know, just think about that. So always think, you know, ask yourself, why? Why am I doing this? And how can I help this patient get better? And um, I think that you'll find that you'll use your modalities a little more effectively and you won't just use them to use them because the person who taught you um, uses them all the time and so therefore you will use them also. Um, It's important that you understand why you're doing what you're doing. So um, I hope that, you know, I know I didn't give you a ton of information today, but I hope that you find what I spoke about today. To be a little more, um, you know, effective in regards to the way you think about modalities and how you treat patients. So, um, folks, I hope you enjoyed the show today. If you have any questions about any certain types of modalities you'd like me to talk about, I'd be more than happy to do that. I don't think I've really done any of that uh, in the show, and we're at episode 135, um, so I, I could definitely do that. If you have any other questions, I'd love to put those questions on the show and uh, do a, a show about it, or even just answer your questions uh, during one of the shows. i really appreciate that. Um, if you want to make a donation to the OrthoEvalPal podcast, I would really appreciate that. That helps to uh, just move our show forward and continue to uh, get you this content. And uh, please uh, give us a rating and review on any of the podcast stations that you're on because that helps us uh, grow the show. So folks, um, I hope you enjoy your day and uh, thank you so much for listening. Take care.
0: We hope you've enjoyed the show. For some more awesome content, go to orthoevalpal.com.